Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Tech Talk with Amit and Renath. Today we are going to discuss about uh, engineering design and what uh, softwares are available in engineering design. Me and Renath, we are both uh, having mechanical engineering background. So we have both studied mechanical engineering as our uh, in our bachelors. And uh, so we have a lot of understanding about mechanical software uh, for design as well as for analysis. And uh, we thought of doing something different in this session. Uh, instead of the traditional software tools, we thought of uh, dealing with uh, an engineering design tool. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if everyone is familiar with the tools which are available in the market. So we thought of talking about a tool which is quite popular and uh, on which Rinath has a lot of experience because he has in turn done a master's degree as well. And he has worked for a lot of uh, automotive companies. So I hope you enjoy this talk. Um, and uh, if you're liking the talks that we are doing, so, uh, uh, subs would be great. And please do share or like our videos. So over to Renat uh, now for a quick uh, introduction. Hi everyone. Yes, it is uh, is actually exciting and uh, also nostalgic to talk about engineering design. Um, as Amit said, we both have a mechanical engineering background, and somehow our um, paths changed, and we both ended up in IT. Um, so that's why most of the talks previously was IT related. But um, we we you know, from from past uh, work experiences and degree, um, um, we have accumulated a lot of mechanical engineering and, you know, overall engineering design experiences and knowledge. And um, they are quite valuable um, knowledge and I have a lot of insights with working for many, many companies and um, also supplying to various automotive and uh, aerospace companies over the years. I've worked as an engineer for uh, design engineer for about five years so um, I thought it would be a good idea to cover those those parts of um, of my knowledge and um, what better way to do that than this podcast so um, yeah uh, today we're going to talk about engineering design um, engineering design you can't talk about engineering design without the design tool. Um, there are 2D tools like AutoCAD, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard, even if you're not, um, you know, even if you haven't been uh, designing anything, you probably have come across AutoCAD. It's a very popular software. Uh, but then obviously as technology progressed, we moved into 3D design and uh, AutoCAD is, uh, the parent company of AutoCAD is uh, Autodesk and they've released a um, software for 3D design which is Autodesk Inventor and I've actually used Inventor for years and uh, you know been certified and professionally and commercially using it supplying uh, various designs on it uh, so I have some experience on it and uh, that's that's what we're gonna cover Auto, um, soft, um, engineering design and uh, focusing on Autodesk Inventor Okay, thanks. Thanks a lot, uh, Renat, for that uh, quick introduction. So, I mean, when we talk about engineering design tools, uh, th there are tools to do a lot of things using software uh, in the market. And engineering design tools focus on a very specific task, and that is for designing. And engineering design is different from a normal design, say, for editing videos or graphics or things like that. So, can you quickly explain what is so special about engineering design and why you need a specific tool for that 
Yes, absolutely. We can't talk about um, Inventor or anything else without really understanding what engineering design is. And um, because previously all our talks have been IT focused, uh, I think it's important that our uh, listeners and viewers know what exactly we're talking about when we're, t when we're saying engineering design. Because there are various kinds of designs. They're like, um, there are, I don't know, there are uh, graphic design, there are product designs. Um, Although there, you know, other than there are architectural design as well. So a lot of those things focus on different parts, uh, different different areas or different things. Um, for example, architectural design focuses on the aesthetics a lot more than the structural rigidity. Uh, graphic design is for you know getting your attention and probably you know um, relay a message to you, etc., etc. So uh, engineering design, um, as the name suggests, it's, it, it, it does have a lot to do with engineering. Um, so whenever you're designing a product, a physical product, um, there is a lot of thought and um, analysis that goes into it. Uh, so we can, we can think of any product. If you look around, you know, wherever you are, if you're in a car listening to the, this podcast, or if you're in a room looking at, uh, watching this video, uh, whatever you're doing, you have various things, you know, um, around you. Uh, for example, the car itself is is a very um, uh, advanced mechanical design, uh, a, a design engineering product. Um, so is the house you're living in, etc. So when a engineer designs a product or a solution, they have to think about a number of things. Um, for example, the structure, uh, the 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 structural analysis, they have to make sure that however it's designed, it's gonna serve the purpose. You know, if, if it's designed to make movements, then it needs to know that all of the all of the move, moving parts doesn't, you know, conflict or um, sort of uh, doesn't bang on to each other. Uh, if it is a house or a, like a street st uh, or a steel structure, it has to make it, it, it. You have to make sure that it can take the weight that will be put on it, and it can also stand still. Uh, it's not going to just fall into itself, etc. So there are various um, structural analysis that needs to ha needs to happen. Um, obviously, then you also have to make room for making it aesthetic. Say, for example. It, you know the phone you use it has to be structurally very very strong because you know a daily you know many um, the daily use of a phone is it it does take a lot of um, uh, lot of movement and you know you you might drop the phone there has to be a lot of analysis on when the phone drops it should be weighted in a way so it drops on its most rigid or most strongest side not the glass screen so you you know you want the glass screen to be saved etc so um while you know uh, doing all of that uh, structural analysis you also have to make sure that you have space so it can uh, so an architect or a um, aesthetic designer can put on so it also looks good so there is a lot of constraints a lot of a lot of challenge that um, engineers has to take into account and uh, that that actually makes makes the job quite interesting and challenging um, but challenging is good because then you are sort of looking you know or working towards something amazing you're working towards something that will make a difference in the world you know if you come up with a you know when I, I when Apple came up with 
this amazing design of iPod or um, iPhone that obviously uh, stormed the world with 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 its design but then obviously over time um, but yeah I mean the initial users of um, Apple iPhones had a lot of uh, experience of breaking their glass but then over over time you know they have learned from these and you know implemented more you know stronger glass and other you know other aspects of the design which will prevent users from having this negative experience so yeah there is a lot of um, um, considerations that engineering uh, designers have to take into account and it's all all very challenging and interesting so that's, uh, that's interesting. Interesting. Design. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, I never thought about uh, design from so many different aspects. I mean, when I was uh, preparing for this talk today, I thought engineering design just covers uh, designs related to cars, automobiles, machines, etc. Because coming from a mechanical engineering background, but I never thought you can actually use engineering design uh, right from a smartphone to a laptop, television, a chair or whatever uh, structures that we have around us. So this is quite actually interesting because there are design aspects involved in all these products. Uh, these products have to be used on a regular basis. They have to withstand all the uh, the rigor and the um, and the daily stresses that are uh, subjected to them. Uh, plus they have to be designed in a way that looks beautiful um, and also easy to use. So I think those are quite interesting ideas. And in the beginning, you mentioned there are 2D and 3D tools from uh, 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 from Autodesk, which is the main company with these softwares. So can you actually explain to our audience what is the difference between a 2D design and a 3D design and what are the different aspects that we can or the different advantages that we can have if we use a 3D or a 2D design? Yes, absolutely. So um, before I go into 2D and 3D, let me just explain a little bit what, what design is and why do we need a tool yeah. to begin with. So say, Fair for example, enough. I want to design a, a mobile phone, but you know, I, I know what I want the mobile phone to look like, but then why do I need to you know, sketch it in a, in a computer or in a, in a paper? Why do we need that design? So um, when a phone, I don't know if phone was the was the best example because um, so okay let's just let's go with phone so when when we are uh, deciding that oh we're gonna design a phone we have to take into account many things you know um, we have to know what the size of the phone would be we have to, there are various human factor that you have to take into account that you know it would a regular average user be able to hold the phone in their hand and you know they're going to use their thumb to reach all the all the areas of the screen um, in a touchscreen phone and would they be able to is it possible for an average user with their average hand size to reach all the all the corners and um, then there is the phone will has have to fit into a pocket um you know is, yes you know there are various various things that uh, various places that the phone has to go and also the internal components of the phone there is camera there is the actual chipboard there is various components inside the phone that also needs to be designed so it can all fit in together and also ha you know create this this um, but uh, those chip designs are different from engineering design right because 
the chip design is like electronic design and there may be softwares to design how to place the chips on the uh, board and then uh, have the processor, the motherboard, the RAM, everything integrated in a single uh, piece. So I'm, I'm guessing that design is different from the engineering design of the product itself. Yes, absolutely. Actually, we have to be careful when we use the word design because in, in yeah. various industries, design is a, is a very common word with, with, a, with a range of meaning. So when I said chip design, I didn't mean the actual design of all the components inside the PCB board, but what the engineer the in the engineering design what we need to take into account is the size of that pcb board because yes. that size will then have to be smaller than the casing where the you know casing of the total phone and then it also have to have a cutout where the camera will sit the and the whole casing needs to fit together the glass yes the, uh, the back of the phone and you know all the internal components the pcb board and then other there are other components like the antenna the uh, camera all of these things yeah the 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 components inside the pcb board that's a complete dis uh, completely different design different design altogether. that's not what engineering design is that's electronic design or I, I don't even know what it's formally called but that's not what we're talking about but the size of the pcb board has to also fit with the rest of the components inside the inside the phone and the casing all needs to fit together and sort of clasp together so it it's a you know one piece that can be used in a rigorous way on a day-to-day -day basis so all of yes. those things are important and we need to take all of this into account so so basically what we just talked about is that the size of the phone and how it fits into the user's environment how they hold it etc so the size is important in relation to the outside environment and also the components inside the phone the size and dimension of those are important now interestingly enough this is actually becoming a really good example so a PCB uh, the the electronics engineer designs the PCB not PCB board and all of the component now they are they are uh, uh, sort of if if they not now the now the mechanical engineer the engineer uh, the engineer who is designing the total phone has to give the electronics engineer a constraint that this is the maximum side size the pcb board can be because if it is bigger than that then they can't fit into the casing that is designed um, so for that we need to sort of um, align various dimensions together and that is something you can't just do in your in your mind in your imagination you have to know the dimension of the PCB board from the engineering uh, from the electronics designer you have to know the size of the camera from the camera supplier you have yes. to know all of these components and then um, putting it all together how all of it will fit together you can't just imagine in your mind and do it uh, you have to write down or draw all the things that are going to go together and how exactly they're going to go, go together with millimeter preci precision even less than split millimeter precision so it has to be very accurate and um, for that you need a tool um, you can um, you know in in 1940s 50s even 70s um, there it was more mostly pen and paper was used there were you know specific dedicated engineering design um, 
paper and pencils and you know this was a whole you know a, a discipline of engineering design and engineering drawing and how engineering draw? drawing yes 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 so engineering drawing how would you draw so other engineers when they see the drawing would understand and then you send this drawing to the manufacturer and they would look at the drawing and they would understand exactly what design you have made and then they would create all of this manufacture all of these components so that's it's it, it's a medium to relay the information that you have you know um, you have uh, sort of thought of or designed and then put it in a in a medium so other people can understand so that was before it was pen and paper and then obviously with the advent of technology now we've moved on to computer computing and when we you know started using computing on our you know more uh, commonly than the you know the initially the the all the designs that we would do on the paper it's you know more cost effective and more convenient to do it on a computer because we don't have to have the hassle of paper so that's when 2d design started so that's the that's that's when we in in computers we started having 2d design and Autodesk was one of the leading companies. There were other companies, and Autodesk is by no means the only or the you know um, or the top sure. company. But um, Autodesk was one of the one of the very popular companies who came up with the software called AutoCAD. Um, in at this point, let me just explain. CAD uh, CAD stands for Computer Aided Design. So any design that you do with the aid of computer is is CAD, and they. Uh, sort of created this CAD software which they called AutoCAD and that became really popular and um, we even use it uh, today nowadays as well as obviously the software you know improved over time and um, yeah so AutoCAD uh, with AutoCAD uh, in the beginning you could only do 2D, 2D designs you would draw up all the lines and you know the the crevices and you know the notches and corners of all, any component the height width length etc etc and then with you know it would generate an engineering drawing in in the computer with its 2d design and then you send it off that file and you know your manufacturer is able to open that and understand exactly wh what you designed and they can then manufacture that product um, so with with time as we you know became you know more tech technologically advanced we moved on to 3d design because ultimately it is a medium which you use to design and the more you can see what's happening the more you can you know do more complex designs so say for example you're doing a 2d design of a 3d product you have to imagine in your head you know one plane of a product and then the other plane of a product and then you have to make sure with you know your mind that all of them fits together but however instead of you know say for example you're designing a simple box you know the height width and the length if you were just looking at one side every time there are you know opportunity to make mistakes but if you're looking at the whole box in a 3d world you can you know rotate turn them around in all six degrees of freedom then you can do a lot more complex thing with things with it you could you know put a corner or put a like a bevel yes. in one side you know and how that box will fit into the rest of the other bigger solution you can do all of that and whether it fits really precisely or not you can you can do very precise design with it 
so that's why 3D design became you know more commonplace and um, um, Auto Autodesk initially put the 3D design capability within AutoCAD but AutoCAD was so, so popular as 2D design tool and you know the 3D going from 2, 2D to 3D does make things a lot more complex in, 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 in the same interface because you're before you're just you know you're taking it as a sheet of paper and writing and then now you can rotate it and if you're rotating it inside the computer rotating your design then you have to actually say that whether it's you know whether a line or a plane is going in x x y axis or z x axis or y so there are three planes and all of you know how you do all of these things it, you know it, having a 2d design tool expand into a 3d design wasn't um you know wasn't adopted very well in my experience i mean some people have still you know done a lot with it but uh, there was a need to have a separate 3D design tool where you can see the texture and the distance, f you know, from one plane to another. So you can, you know, have a more of a realistic feel of the product you're designing. So that's why Autodesk then came up with Autodesk Inventor, which is the 3D design tool. At this time, there, you know, Autodesk Inventor is not the only 3D design tool. There are many other um, 3D design tools out there as well. But yeah, uh, 3D design is um, where you can see the product in 3D, rotate in you know with six degrees of freedom. You can see the texture. You can see how a 3D object fits into another 3D object. Say, for example, you're designing a door. Uh, in in a in a say for example, you're designing a kitchen door, and right next to the door, the fridge is located. You want to make sure that the door width is not so much that when you open the door, it hits the fridge or any other component. It has the full swing open. So a 3D software uh, tool kind of lets you design the door in 3D with its width. I mean, usually when you think of a door, you just think of height and length. But if you also know the width, so the corner of the, you know, so the corner of very corner of the door uh, when it is a 3D object, whether it, you know, uh, sort of clashes into any other object when you're swinging it open, you can do it very precisely and, you know, save space in, in you know, this is just a, I mean, you probably don't want to save millimeter space in, in your kitchen, but it's just an example that how precise you can go because you're taking into account the width of the door because um, the width, because of the width, it's slightly uh, slightly longer when it is swinging outwards and you have to take that into account when you're placing other things next to the door so it enables you to do all of that 3d design and that's why it's it's really useful and helpful to make complex design possible thank you so much Renat I think that was that was very very useful because I I I I imagined a smartphone, but when you actually go buy a smartphone, you actually don't think about how they would fit a, a, a computer inside it, a small computer, essentially, like the PCB where all the electronics are there, the camera, the headphone jack, the battery, and there are so many other things that has to be fit inside a smartphone and they have to consider the palm size of uh, every individual. So that is actually quite interesting. And then you spoke about how design evolved, like uh, initially, 
people used to draw on paper and they used to just draw a length and a width uh, or a height uh, on a piece of paper. So two dimensions, length or width or length or height. And then it moved on to three dimensions, uh, length, width and height. So now you have three different axes on which you can um, evolve the design, rotate it and use it. And I think that is very intuitive way of designing because yes. uh, when you uh, design in two dimensions, you are limited uh, 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 by the the design in front of you in in sense that you have to imagine the rest of it how it would look from the other side how it would look from the uh, the uh, the the next side front back uh, left and right uh, but with a 3d 3d design i think you can just rotate the design and it makes it so intuitive it's like holding the piece of object in your hands Absolutely. and i think that's a very good way to uh, design a tool but in the, the point that i picked from your uh, this whole um, uh, explanation was that someone designs the uh, object and then you give it to say a production uh, company or whatever and they actually manufacture it say ikea furniture so ikea comes in flat packages so someone actually designs all the assembly and everything and they pack it in a way that everything can be arranged in a flat pack and then they give it to some manufacturer who actually cuts the wood in those dimensions now you mentioned that they interpret the design and i'm guessing there will be a language for doing those designs because or there has to be standards because otherwise what will happen ikea might use their own design standards and say bmw or mercedes or samsung or apple they might be using different design standards to build their product. So do the industry follow particular standards and do they have a language or do they just use any standards and it has to be specific to the industry? Yeah, that's that's actually a very interesting point. Yeah, there absolutely has to be an international language, just like, um, just like in computing, you know, when you're developing a software, you have languages like, you know, C or uh, Python, you know, these are, one way to communicate you know with computers and with other developers and you know if if you don't you know if you if you sort of don't have one way to one sort of internationally or one sort of common way to communicate then no one can communicate with each other and obviously when any product is designed there are a number of entities you have the designer you have the project manager you have the manufacturer you have not just one manufacturer you have like a series of manufacturers they all have to talk to each other they all have to know who is doing which part and then you know the the master manufacturer or the assembler would fit everything together so the assembler also has to know what everyone else is doing so yeah all of these parties needs to understand what everyone is doing so there has to be a standardized language so everyone understand understands what's going on and yes um, absolutely so there are standards but a lot of those standards are um, um, based in different countries or areas of world so uh, in UK, we have British standards, which is actually quite well well known throughout the world. A lot of you know companies and um, um, entities around the world uses British standard as a, a, a very good standard to follow. And um, a lot of manufacturers design designs or um, uh, produces um, sort of the raw material. 
based on these these standards as well so um, for example the screw or the nuts and bolts that goes into attaching something assembling something those also have standards like you can't just have and you know all of these th things have preci precise uh, measurement you know the the head of the bolt or the part that the screwdriver goes in and also the creases um, all of these have specific measurement and everyone follows that measurement that's why you know it all fits together when you when you try try to bolt yes. something in so and then there are american standards there are a number of american standards as well which are also followed uh, worldwide um but then you know in different countries there are other other uh, you know various um different types of standards but um whenever you are designing something you also mention in in that drawing piece that it's followed this standard so other people can also look at that standard and can inter interpret what exactly is it that you designed you know which part is what dimension etc etc so yes absolutely there are standards there has to be standards uh, to for everyone to be able to interpret what you've designed uh, but uh, just like there are various different coding languages in in IT um, there are various standards like British standards American standards um, they're like um, in, in, in Middle East, there are, I've, I've come across uh, a different set of standards as well. Um, but yeah, there are different sets of standards, but they're all available for everyone to sort of, you know, refer back to. In each drawing, you have, you specify which standard is being used, which, um, what sort of precision is being used, what tolerance, you know, you have a, a corner in, in all engineering drawings with all of these vital pieces of information where you can, you know, look at and then know how to interpret the rest of the drawing so yes there are standards uh, there are quite a few of them uh, and we use them to make sure that uh, we understand the drawings correctly thank you i think uh, we will what we'll do is we'll share some links in the description below so that people can actually go to those uh, bodies uh, which decide all the standards for the particular country and i think that's also uh, from my perspective who is a consumer um, we look at different products so say the plug the uh, the the simple plug that fa that's part of any uh, electronic gadget it has different design based on different countries so a uk plug will not work in us and a us plug will not work in uk and similarly india has a different design and europe eu has a different design and so forth and it's a very simple thing that just a, a plug that uh, powers a device is so different from uh, different uh, countries so 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 yeah i mean uh, i think that's useful to know that okay people do follow standards but they differ from country to country so that's that's useful so th the next thing is now uh, talking about autodesk um, cad or autodesk inventor so with a tool like autocad or autodesk uh, um, inventor what can you do what are the things that are possible uh, and are there any limitations uh, in terms of designing because when we think of design we just think about drawing something on a piece of paper uh, but when we, it comes to 3d design we have to imagine how it would look and uh, and that's it and then uh, maybe have some notations or uh, some dimensions written on it but is i mean what what can we do with it can you please explain that yeah very much um so um 
it, it is uh, is actually really good to touch on this because uh, you can do so much more nowadays with with uh, you know with the advent of technology. Before it was just drawing, um, uh, you know, drawing the dimensions and making, you know, well, it, it was still it was still complex, you know, drawing various smaller parts and how they would all fit together. That was already a complex thing. But now you can in inside each of these tools, like for example, Autodesk Inventor, you can do so much more with it because you could do structural analysis. So, for example, if you specify what material you're going to use, then it, you know you know that that material can take this much load if it is this shape. That enables you to understand your overall final design and how much load can it take before breaking at every single point. So say for example if you're, if you're doing a, like a football goalpost or soccer in some countries, uh, the goalpost it's it's just a, a you know three bar uh, structure yeah. but if you just imagine that nothing nothing too complicated um, so if you put a load in the very middle of, of of it how much load it can take that is an important thing to know maybe not for a football goalpost but if this structure was you know a part of a building you know if, if this this kind of similar shape you know a lot of building parking lots and uh, you know building structures do have this kind of shapes you know built into them and you need to know how much load each of these points you know if you put it put some load in you know put like 100 kilo in the middle or you know more towards one side how much load it can take before breaking so that is an impo important piece of information if you're building a, you know if you're, if you're building a building uh, from this smaller structure um, so that kind of structural analysis analysis can be done with with uh, these kind of 3d design tools and then for example if you're designing a phone um, how you know if, if you drop the phone it would obviously have an impact uh, load into it um, you know how you know if the load was distributed along its surface or if the load was an impact load in one point um, it would behave differently if a, a distributed load a phone can phone or any structure can take more of it uh, by impact load there is more chance of breaking because it's just one single point a very high uh, amount of load so these things can be analyzed uh, before it's even manufactured before you even built the first prototype so you don't even have to you know before there was you know in in a design process or in a manufacturing process whenever you're coming up with a new product there was a number of prototypes you would build and then for safety there would be one prototype you try to break it and then for day-to-day -day use and then for logistics during during travel um, even when you're sending the package as as a delivery to the customer you know all of these things are taken into account and before there has there, there, we used to have to make prototypes after prototypes when it would break and then we would optimize the design a little bit more make it a little bit more stronger and then we'll try again and it might break and it might not then we would know what the you know the sweet spot is in terms of strength and um you know um in in, in terms of how strong we want the product to be now we can do all of that inside the computer because we have all the all the material knowledge what material we want to put in so we already have that knowledge that this material say for example stainless steel can take this much load if it was of you know of this thickness um, 
and then if you put that information to a very complex 3D design, um, you know, calculating that by hand would be very difficult and prone to error as well. But a computer in a 3D design software can do all of those calculations. You can say that I want to put some load, I want to put this much load at this point. Um, and then it will calculate the how would that load or that impact load affect the whole of the design. Will it absorb the uh, uh, absorb the energy and you know sort of um, as a result break or would it sort of reshape? You know, would it bend? Um, all of these things are uh, can now be done with 3D design software. So it's 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 a lot more powerful. Um, you could also simulate how if you're if you're doing a a product which moves, say for example a um, um, you know you, you, nowadays you get um, movie um, you know a, a movie uh, when you're w look, watching virtual reality um, yes things you ha you sit on a chair which moves. To, to sort of simulate the, you know, give you a realistic exp uh, experience of what you're watching in the virtual yes. environment. So that's a moving chair and a lot of movement goes inside, uh, goes underneath to make it move, you know, a lot of um, um, pneumatic devices go in and these things are designed and you need to see how these movements are happening, you know, what is the power of all of these pneumatic motors and um, you know e whether each of these conflicts you know whether any kind of movement will sort of conflict with each other and you know what's the maximum movement it can take all of these calculation can now be done in and, and, and can also be simulated so before I create the actual physical chair I actually do the simulation that okay this is how it will move and this is how the inner workings are going to take place when when it is doing its movement. So all of these things are initially calculated at design stage rather than prototype or you know other kind of physical testing. It saves a lot of cost and also um, cuts down production time massively. I think I see I see because uh, the way you have described it, it it makes a lot of sense because if we focus just on the design and if we can see what's happening especially with the structure and the structural analysis uh, we can also save a lot on material because we don't have to waste a lot of material steel steel is again the a raw material that has to be used uh, it has to be sourced so you have to pay someone then you build a prototype and you uh, you have cost involved and if you can design it better then you actually save on the material cost Cost as well apart from the manufacturing cost so there is less wastage and maybe reusability and so forth so i think yeah there, there is a so it's it's quite nice that you can actually do all this with a uh, with inventor and you said structural analysis like load and etc but uh, while you were talking about structural analysis can it do other types of analysis uh, like say pressure in a pipe so water or gas is uh, going through a pipe say a steel pipe or some other kind of pipe can it actually analyze the pressure uh, using auto uh, desk inventor and then you also have uh, chemical reactions so there are a lot of chemicals that flow through pipes so those chemical reactions interact with the material and a design can actually uh, affect that because if there is a lot of surface area or there is less surface area uh, it can affect the corrosion um, uh, properties of the material. So 
apart from the dimensions and the load can it actually do the other things like pressure and chemical reactions so um, it is interesting so some of the things can be achieved um what you mentioned uh, you won't know you, you you can't tell it that okay these are the two materials and how are they going to chemically react and then how how is that reaction going to okay. react to the pipe materials because it's not a chemical reaction tool it's more of a you know design tool. design tool but what you could do is you know pressure is a physics physical property and you know you could instead of saying the water would create this pressure you could just say that okay this is the pressure that is going to be applied inside the pipe and how would the pipe react to that pressure okay so yeah not not the chemical side of things because that's not what what it's designed for okay but it does have a pipe design environment all you know a, an integrated environment within itself where where you can design various pipes and how these pipes all you know flow together and uh, sort of make sure that you know the complex you know if you have like a hundred pipes and you know supplying to different endpoints you have to do complex design so th there are pipe design um, tool and environment right within Autodesk Inventor um, but I haven't actually used a you know the the material strength calculation in pipe design myself but i would imagine it's possible you can you can say you know this would be the pressure um, you know a distributed load along its in, in, inner axis yeah. and then how would the pipe behave uh, it, it's it's very much possible to do okay so 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 we have a tool that can help us with uh, designing something. It can help us generate drawings, dimensions. It can help us uh, specify them um, in a language uh, based on standards. Then it can also help us uh, select the material that will be used for the particular design. Then it can help us calculate the load and the pressure. So this tool can do quite a lot uh, yes, from yes. from what I can see. So this is quite uh, good. But then um, if uh, as a beginner or someone who wants to start using this tool, is it actually available to download on a Windows machine or a Mac machine? And uh, is it is it free to use or is it, I mean, do you have to pay uh, some money to actually buy this software? Uh, what is it? Yes, this is this is a very um, um, interesting aspect to actually, you know, to know. Um, so yeah, it is a very complex piece of software which lets you do many things, and it's you know used by various businesses, and um, yeah, it's it's a more of a professional use software rather than an individual use. So it's actually quite costly the license. Um, and businesses, obviously, who does engineering design on a, you know, for their, you know, main product workflow, they they obviously need to invest on 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 a software like this. Um, but uh, Autodesk also is quite keen on, you know, people learning and understanding. And these uh, these softwares are also taught in university, uh, you know, as part of the degrees of mechanical engineering and other types of engineering. For example, when I was uh, doing my mechanical engineering degree, I wasn't taught Autodesk Inventor, but I was also I was actually taught another 3D design tool, which is CATIA, which is which is another one we we can talk about it a little bit after. So, um, you know, uh, university students have to have access, and they you know it it doesn't make sense for university students to have you know spend that hefty amount. 
So Autodesk actually allows a student license, which is fully functional, fully usable, not limited in any way. And that is free to use for three or even four years. So if you are a student, you, it is free for you to register with Autodesk and download the whole suite of all, all the features and everything and download Autodesk Inventor and AutoCAD and all, uh, you know, they, they probably have a bundle of softwares which are all free for a number of years for students. Um, also, a, a little bit sneaky if you, a lot of the times, you know, you finish your uh, graduation, uh, but from the, your university email address remains active. Um, so <laughs> mine does. So my my uh, my university email address is still active and accessible by myself. So that's that's the main main sort of um, um, point of their their proof to whether you're not a student, you verify yourself with that email address, with that, you know, in an university domain. So if you have a university domain uh, email address, uh, even if you're still not a student, you can use that email address to actually get Autodesk Inventor and the whole bundle for about three years. So yeah, I mean, it, uh, the option to access it are there. And then what about the platforms? Oh yes, like that's, Windows. Uh, that's actually also a very uh, important uh, um, piece of information. So it's currently not available, unfortunately, on Mac. It's only available on Windows. Um, but I mean, there are ways to access this. Uh, you know, if even if your company has Mac, you know, you could have a virtual machine. You know, Azure virtual machine or or from other suppliers, which are Windows machines, and have. Inventor or the whole bundle installed there, but yeah, currently it's not available on Mac, as far as I know. Okay, so so you have uh, it available on Windows. You don't have it available on Mac, but on Mac you can use a virtual machine, say using Parallels. You can create a Windows VM and then install Autodesk, and then use it. And then you also mentioned about the student license, and then because it's a commercial software, so it's quite expensive. So and. Uh, so now we talk about alternatives. I mean, because it's quite expensive. Are there actually any other tools in the market that actually people can use to start designing um, a product or or anything that they want? Yes, yes, very much so. I mean, 3D design has become really essential nowadays. Before, you know, it was slowly, it was initially, it was luxury as, as anything is. But nowadays, 3D design is, you know, it's, it's quite essential. Even if you're just an individual trying to do a product design, you need to, you need to make sure that everything fits together. So um, for even an in individual product designer, you, you need uh, some sort of tool. And, you know, to aid that kind of, um, you know, uh, creativity. There are various free tools, free 3D design tools. The one I actually came across. I mean, bearing in mind, I was I've been an engineer like four. Last time I used all of this was about four four years ago. So I am kind of outdated. Um, but the one I came across and uh, no knew that it was very popular was Google SketchUp. So Google has um, you know created its own 3D design tool, which is called SketchUp. And um, with that, you can do most of the 3D design, but it does have a pro version, and that is actually quite hefty license fee. But the free version is actually very much usable to do a lot of, lot of complex design already. 
the pro version probably allows you to do more of a like a you know to to use it on more of a commercial level but yeah you can use google sketchup um that was and then um there is uh, something called freecad there are some even CAD okay. design tools in even in mobile apps as well. Nowadays, it's becoming very easy to use and commonplace uh, within designers. So there are mobile apps which are also some of them are free to download. Obviously, you have to sit through the ads, etc. But there are some paid and free uh, mobile apps as well where you can design 3D 3D models. I think, yes, uh, it's quite important because design is such an essential part of our lives. I actually, to give you an example, I actually wanted to design my own house. So I was looking for tools on how to do it. So if I if I draw something on a piece of paper, I just want to visualize how it looks in 3D. Um, yes. And I want to see, uh, is it too big? Is it too small? And uh, if I want to navigate through the house, can I do it? So I think, yes, 3D design tools are quite important. Um, and knowing about the alternatives to a very expensive software would be useful. So now, uh, I mean, while doing some research uh, about this subject, and also while while you s spoke about Autodesk Inventor, um, um, you create something inside the software. So it, it, it creates a file. That file, um, then you save it on your computer and there might be other softwares if it follows a particular standard or a proprietary standard. So does Inventor or AutoCAD follow a proprietary standard or whatever file it generates, I can open it with any other tool that I want? Uh, yeah, this is this has been a limitation for, for many years and a source of frustration uh, for me as well I was working as well. So obviously, um, you know, different companies want to have their proprietary information or proprietary file type. For example, even Microsoft has Microsoft Word Excel yes. in there, but which is not necessarily directly compatible with Google Sheets, for example, or Google Docs. True. So um, <clears throat> Autodesk Inventor, their file types are different um, than, for example, some of the other 3D design tools. Uh, but thankfully, I mean, now, five, six years ago, it was a lot more difficult to talk between these these systems. For it, And that was a big problem because the supplier or the manufacturer could have a different design tool than, than you who is using Inventor. So, you know, if you send your Inventor file, they might not be able to open it. If they send their file, you don't understand. And, you know, if you want to assemble all of these different parts that been, that's been designed in different pieces of software, that becomes even more difficult. So there now have been um, sort of common file types which you can export as. So you can export your design as um, the one four years ago I used very often was called step file. It was .stp, and it's a step file. It's a, it's a it's a common file type which you can export um, uh, export from in Autodesk Inventor, and then you can import it in other other tools as well. So there are so, a, a, sorry. What's what's the name of the file again? It's it's called step. Uh, like you know, you take a step when you. Uh, Okay, oh. dot step, so dot step, okay. Yeah, yeah, step, sometimes it's also stp, just to shorten it. Stp, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, there, but then that's not the only sort of common gen general generic file type. There are a few others as well. I think IGS was one of them. I mean, there were a few others. Uh, and then they, they all, um, you know, sort of save the information in different ways. It's just like, 
JPEG or bitmap, you know, they, they, they save the information slightly differently. I mean, step file probably save it as a, a, a as the smallest piece a PC being a triangle. So they just have like all triangles, you know, and maybe another file type uses line or, you know, a, a square to save all of the information. There are various ways to say, you know, sort of keep all of the design information but there are a few generic file types which can be used to talk to different software tools this is actually a good point to um, talk about different uh, design software tools that are out there i mean um, in my experience i've seen three of them which are the top three uh, uh, katia which is uh, a 3d design tool that i've used when i was doing my uh, degree in mechanical engineering it's actually very powerful you can design aeroplanes with it, with all of its smallest wow. part, even you know a full building with it, going as detailed as the bolts used in in the whole building. So it's very powerful. Um, then there is another one called SolidWorks. Uh, SolidWorks is from Dassault Systems, and uh, they're also a very powerful and quite popular three D design tool as well. And um, you know you can do design you know many things with it. I mean I mean all all of them you can do <laughs> engineering design that's why they're engineering design tools of course and then there is Autodesk Inventor which is also a, a you know one of the one of the biggest players so these are the two three tools that are that are the most popular ones okay okay so this is interesting so uh, so you have different tools and they have different uh, proprietary file standards so Autodesk Inventor doesn't uh, I mean, you can't open the files exported from Inventor in other softwares. But what about the reverse? Can you open files from other softwares inside Inventor? Is that possible? So, like if I want to open... So other softwares could export as, as one of those generic file types and then you can import that generic file type. For example, the step file, you can import it in Inventor. Nowadays, okay. um, obviously I've been a little bit out of date, but nowadays this whole import export and uh, sort of um, understanding the other, you know, other proprietary file type is kind of integrated as well. So some softwares, what they do allow is you can just directly import and it will try to translate and try to make out what the actual design was without having to go through the you know the generic file type of step it would try to sort of um, read the information of the other tools and but it's it's still i mean you still i mean if, if the design is very complex you sometimes lose some data of of the design the the okay. details so it's probably still good to go through the step file or or a generic file type first and then import it from there Interesting, interesting. I mean, this is this is all very useful because uh, when you actually start using a tool, you have to think about so many other aspects of uh, how do I pay for it? Can I actually open the file type if I want tomorrow to um, say I'm studying and um, I get a job? Can I open my old design in the new software? So, so thanks for sharing that. So now, uh, while uh, while while you were talking about Autodesk, I quickly checked that there is something called as iLogic in Inventor. Uh, and uh, that is also quite useful. So, can you can you tell what what is it actually? iLogic yes. in Autodesk Inventor. Yes, yes. I'm actually a big fan of iLogic. I'm, I mean, I, I I've been an iLogic expert. That was that was one of the main things, main skills inside Inventor. I I I, I, I used to utilize. 
and it's it's a very powerful concept and you know you, you can take 3d design into the next level with with iLogic so iLogic is a term but you know created by Autodesk um, you know as part of Autodesk Inventor um, you can if so you can basically have when, when you're designing something in Autodesk Inventor for example you're designing a table you know when you're designing the table you say that this is this is going to be the width of the table you know say one meter and then the length of the table say for example three meter and then the height would probably be say I don't know you know 1.2 meter whatever but now um, for example you know situation changes where the table was going to go you know architect changes the design of the room shape and then they said oh the table size needs to change um, and they just give you the oh before the length was two meters now the length has to be two two and a half meter but now you need to now you know uh, now you know that the wood or the the boards that are used to make the table uh, the supplier only makes the table uh, only makes those wooden pieces um, wooden slabs or you know the 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 squares in certain sizes so if you make it a little bit longer uh, the, it would be easier for the supplier to use a already predefined size which is a little bit wider as well now because of the length the wide would you know the width of the table will also be affected to save cost I mean you could you know get the sure. that okay no I, I want this specific but you know to save cost a pre pre designed shape is better to use as a modular structure so now the height and width are, are, are interdependent uh, but the uh, sorry the length and width are interdependent but the height isn't but you can have another situation where the height is also interdependent with the you know if it wasn't a table if it was something else you know it could be all the different parameters would be interdependent in different ways so all of these parameters are saved in a list um, in in inventor when you're designing every time you're deciding oh this is the length this is the height this is the shape uh, how um, you know the shape of a notch or you know that kind of thing um, all of these little dimensions even the smallest ones are saved in a list now if this list if this was interdependent with each other then it would save you a lot of time and you could do scalable designs so if you say the height is always going to be 1.5 times of the width or the length is going to be always double the width and you know you can put that information in you can do that kind of relation well to be honest you can do that kind of relation already in in inventor without the use of iLogic but with iLogic you can what you can do is you could potentially um, say for example the table is one part you build that one part and and you're actually designing the whole building and all the in internal furniture as well so now the building the room width changed and based on the room width say for example if it is a hotel so everything needs to sort of give you a right proportion solution yeah it, it be in proportion so if the room width change you want the table width to change slightly as well because that would create the whole solution a, 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 like a you know integrated solution so the table itself is a is a part you can export that as one file but then you 
you place that file into the whole room like other furnitures as well so there are like five different parts and you know while the tables dimensions are interdependent with each other this is a separate file and then there is the TV uh, which will sit on the table or there is another bedside table and then there is the bed you know all of these things are can you know there might be a need that all of these things are also interdependent with each other so iLogic allows you to have everything all the parameters in a big assembly even though they're separate files you can okay. still make them interdependent and put rules and they it uses .NET programming language so with dot you know with the power of .NET programming language or you know with the power of programming language you can do so many more things you could you know design in you, you could even say that if the width reaches a certain you know or, or the length reaches a certain you know if it's more than five meter a table that's it's quite you know that, that becomes a quite long table then you probably want to have a special design which will make that table foldable so you can do like decision trees wow so you could actually say that okay if the length is you know larger than or greater than this value then you add this extra part into the table which will make it foldable or you know or change the bed size bed design completely you, you just use a different bed altogether because the table big means the room is big I don't know so there's there's many things you can do not just the change of the dimension but the whole design can be changed and if if you program everything correctly and you know in a very intelligent way you could just change one parameter and the whole design will change or the whole thing will be scalable in a way that you want to so it's it's very powerful this iLogic it, it basically a way to inject coding the power of you know computer programming into engineering design and you know it just expands the abilities in in many ways that is actually quite fascinating because uh, to imagine engineering design in a very scalable fashion and then integrate everything together so that if you change it's it's like uh, having variables in program right so you yes. change the if you change the value of a variable in one location the variable name is uh, the variable value is used that exact value all across the code so it's similar uh, something yes. similar where you have the design as uh, as a variable or something and if you change one part of the design everything else gets impacted in terms of proportion so i think wow that is that is quite interesting because when you're designing you're just thinking about okay drawing something having some dimensions mm. uh, and, but there are other aspects as you described checking the material checking the load pressure and now with this you're interconnecting and you're programming and you're making your design even more smarter so that you have to do less tasks in order to create a very complex design yes yes absolutely and also this is actually a good time to also uh, talk a little bit about how many things that you know um, goes in you know you have to take in an engineer engineer has to take into account whenever they're designing because this this is uh, I find it quite interesting rather than you know saying abstract things I'll give you a few examples Sure. Say for example, when you're when um, someone is designing a car, yeah, the car has to be shaped so it's aerodynamic. So yes. um, you know the the air uh, friction doesn't affects its fuel efficiency, and one of the way it becomes aerodynamic is maybe unintuitively so, but adding a spoiler at the at the top where you you know yeah. at the back, 
it 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 reduces the um, the the drag yeah yeah uh, i don't remember exactly but yeah it it helps with the aerodynamic properties of the car but then there are other restrictions as well that it could be more aerodynamic if the nose of the car was more towards the floor but there is another uh, regulation a government regulation that you cannot design a car where if the car was to hit a pedestrian that uh, the you have to design the car so it would the pedestrian would go over the car and they are not going to go under the car under the car okay interesting so when someone is designing the front of the car they have to make sure that that's what happens so no matter if they found a way to make it more aerodynamic more efficient in other ways but they're not going to be able to do that because a regulation dictates that the car has to be in a shape that the pedestrian would if it is if they are hit by a car then they would go over the car because that would increase the life expectancy a lot more um <laughs> so um so there are various you know interesting design requirements like that um for example when you you know before when you know a, a very common problem as i mentioned earlier in this talk is is the glass of a phone being you know it, it broken very easily but then obviously engineers thought about various things like changing the glass materials with gorilla glass and various things but then yes there's also a very interesting a very um, um intelligent thing that goes that if you drop the phone it is the weight is distributed in in such a way that it tries to drop uh, it, it tries to fall on the sides of the phone because that has oh, the okay. you know it, it tries to avoid dropping with the glass part first and then you know when you know you for example another thing is when you are um, buying uh, running shoes for example you're thinking oh they just did they just everything they did to make it look good but there also is uh, they also have to take into account aerodynamic properties so when they're designing a shoe they're also making it more aerodynamic because you don't want the shoe to keep you with wind uh, fr friction so there are many things that goes into all the designs all the things that are around us um many many considerations are taken into account which we don't usually think of but yes uh, fascinating, fascinating fascinating i mean because uh, i mean i mean i i never thought about regulations i mean i thought okay let's just create something and let's uh, let's manufacture it but you're right uh, there are safety standards and uh, government regulations and companies have to adhere to them um and be it any 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 product that you use they have to be fireproof fire resistance they have to be water resistance they have to be they should not uh, allow current to flow through them they should be conductive or what's not and yeah, yeah aerodynamics you said exactly i mean for example whenever you know all the makeups has to be edible as well <laughs> all the makeup so, has to be edible so this is interesting <laughs> So it has to be skin friendly and all of these other things. So yeah, I mean it is uh, very interesting. But yeah, it, it it's it another point you mentioned um, safety. So safety factor is a very important thing in in engineering design. So for example, whenever you're building something with say for example it has four legs, um, or say for example a, a something heavy is being hung from four um, four um, I don't know. chains uh, strings you know, chain yeah chains, yeah chains, cables like, cables four cables steel cables yes yes so um each of those cables will have to have a safety factor of 
which means that each cable is capable of taking four times the load that it requires by the design. So there are four cables holding, you know, a, a quite a, a fixed weight. amount of weight. Yeah, yeah, but it should be designed with a safety factor four, which means that out of four four cables, if three of them were accidentally cut off, that one cable should still be able to hold the whole weight of of that heavy. Wow. So that's the safety factor four. But I mean, obviously, you know, there are regulations dictates that what the safety factor should be in certain situations. Uh, but you know, some places it's not specified. So the engineer might decide to have a safety factor of two because you know it's very unlikely to have all three uh, cut down. But you know, but yeah, safety factor two is I think you know <laughs> is minimum. I I, I think for aeroplanes, uh, a lot of um, aeroplane components the safety factor is as high as 26 so um, wow yeah. so yeah definitely i mean where there is um, a bigger chance of a catastrophe i think you you're more say you know you're, safe uh, in a plane yeah yeah but uh, but this is again uh, quite uh, interesting because um, i mean you have looked at safety and you are now thinking about design and uh, what goes behind it. And if you see over a period of time, as generations have passed, as companies and technologies have evolved, actually things have become more efficient. Cars are more safer, they have more more uh, comfort, more technology, everything built, they last much longer. Uh, and it's say much safer to fly these days in an aircraft, they're, they're well built. The phones actually that are built today, they last quite a few years now. They just don't break that often, especially if you buy a high-end phone. And the same goes with laptops and furniture and everything. So I think it does justify when you pay some extra bit of money to get uh, a better quality product because it has been designed better. And when yes. and it's just not about the quality in terms of the software, but quality in terms of material and the longevity, safety, etc. So that is quite useful. Absolutely. Yes, very much so. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I mean, while we were talking about this, the, the there is something that is new that is coming up. Um, and those are uh, CNC machines and 3D printing machines that you can actually use at home. So these are uh, uh, machines used by builders or makers as, it, as, as it's currently called. And they also use some design um, files to manufacture those 3D printed materials. So um, are those files different from the ones created using Autodesk Inventor? Can actually Inventor uh, be used to manufacture uh, 3D printing files that can be used by some of these machines to build something at home? Yes, I, I mean, 3D printing is, 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 is such an interesting topic in itself, and we probably should do, <laughs> do it yes. just on 3D, 3D printing. It's, it's an amazing manufacturing um, ad, uh, you know, advancement. You can, you, can, you can design and manufacture things with 3D printing that wasn't possible with any other methods before. For example, if you, can, you can have a sphere and a ball inside the sphere. Uh, yes but that you can't have in any other way a, a moving ball inside the sphere true, it's, true. It's, very it's true possible to manufacture in any other way so um yeah i mean yeah we, we we should talk about 3d printing another day but yeah i mean 3d printing is so exciting and you can you can do like custom things even like smaller objects that you know 
that only your bespoke situation needs say for example in your room you know if you're say for example living in an attic room or even a room with not necessarily four walls but you know one corner is kind of uh, a different shape and then you have a you know like a sofa or a bed or a furniture which is a little bit wobbly and yeah that you could basically create a wedge which would fit right perfectly you know to stop it from wobbling and also fit with your you know um, bespoke shaped room but yeah so yeah you could do a lot with 3d printing and um, so inventor has its proprietary file type that you can't just place that in a 3d printing software and print it but you can very much design something in inventor and then export it in a file type that your 3d printing software will be able to take in and then okay. can, yeah so it there is no there is no limitation it's just you know file type for example you know it's, it's just you know some some softwares can uh, take you know an image file could be a png file or a jpeg some software can't understand png but they can understand jpeg so you, you export it as jpeg so it's just as simple as that you know whatever your 3d printing software needs uh, the, whichever file type you export it as that file type inventor lets you export in many many different file types so you just export and then uh, have it printed that way interesting so you can now come up with more creative designs uh, more advanced designs a sphere inside a sphere without yes. them touching each other and then building it interesting fascinating stuff i mean this is i mean this is a different level of engineer, uh, design that we are talking about and we are at a current uh, i mean a, a current generation where I think we our imagination is just limited by our tools. We can actually build anything that we want, <laughs> or or maybe proprietary file formats. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, uh, thank you so much, Renat. Uh, I think we have covered a whole aspect of engineering design and what tools we can use, and uh, we will share the links below in the description. Uh, and uh, just to summarize. In today's talk, we talked about engineering design, what are the different aspects of design, and why do we need tools to design, and what are the benefits if we use a certain tool? Uh, can we use tools to design in two dimensions or three dimensions? And then uh, what are the advantages and disadvantages, the different softwares, file types, uh, import export problems, and then licensing cost, platforms, 3D printing, and then uh, load, stress, uh, pressure, the structural analysis, and various other uh, analysis using uh, engineering design tool. So I think this is uh, quite an interesting subject from the regular tech stuff that we talk about in here um, in the regular media. And it is actually close to me as well, because as you mentioned, I also used AutoCAD while doing my engineering, and uh, we had loads of fun so when actually i wanted to design something especially your own house where you want to design the interior i was actually looking for open source tool with which i can design my own house um, i i did find some things but um, yeah i think engineering design is a very powerful concept and people should try to uh, understand the the meaning behind each product and why is it designed in a particular way so thank you so much again, Renat. Do you have any last thoughts to share? 
Yeah, I just want to sort of urge uh, the listeners and viewers that design is is a very powerful tool, and it is a you know it is someone you know, you you never know how creative you are until you sort of try to design something. And um, uh, just just to put just want to put this out there: that a car, um, you know, the the latest model of cars has been you know a, 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 an advancement of a hundred years worth of design. And now we have these amazing cars, which are safe, also speedy and efficient and comfortable. I mean, this this it's just a, like a pinnacle of design in a car. But if you think about it, all the renewable energy um, uh, equipments, for example, a wind turbine or other places where we, you know, in you know from from when we try to harness energy from sea waves, etc those have only been designed for last 10 or 20 years so there is definitely a lot more room for improvement there if you you know there are various different shapes of wind turbine which which can utilize more uh, and you know harvest more energy so i would really urge that if you are into design definitely look at all the existing design of all the renewable energy sources and then try to come up with a different design there are various free design tools um, and you know you you never know how creative your brain is or your mind is and everyone's mind is different you might come up with something really amazing and there is a lot of room for improvement definitely there is a lot of room for improvement definitely put yourself out there and try to come up with something and uh, see where 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 how you can change the world Indeed, indeed, Renat. I think in today's time where climate change is such a big issue, an important issue, um, I think it's uh, crucial that uh, more money and more time is invested in uh, building better materials, uh, not better materials, but better design using uh, good materials for wind turbines, tidal waves, uh, solar panels, I don't know what, what else, nuclear reactors, um, uh, anything that can actually enhance the human population's energy consumption, but without putting too much pressure on using fossil fuels. So I think that's a very important message. So thank you so much again, Renat. And uh, uh, I urge the viewers and listeners that if you are uh, enjoying our conversations, uh, please uh, look forward to more such conversations. Uh, as we mentioned, we are planning to invite few guests and uh, um, I think by the next one or two episodes, we will have uh, a guest on our uh, show and uh, and we are going to interview on various other interesting um, techno technology topics. So please subscribe to our channel and uh, see you next time. Thank you. Yes, thank you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.